The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroot was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome, everyone, to an hour busy week of the iRacers Down Low from the Speed Sport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. I'm Justin Prince, alongside me is Taylor Burris with our producer, Richard Colbrent, as we discuss the week that was once more in iRacing. Plenty of action to discuss, Taylor. As things continue on with multiple different world championships, some of their qualifiers, and in turn, some intrigue in terms of some of the upcoming content, especially involving that April 1st date we discussed. It certainly is, as well as also some very big season openers for some of the big leagues that we cover here in the world of iRacing. We'll have much more to discuss, but let's get things started with the world of iRacing with the world championships. As, of course, the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup will be getting ready to take off once again this coming weekend as they head off to the beautiful Watkins Glen International. And that was a race that was discussed a bit with Bobby Zelensky, where it was expected to be very intriguing, to say the very least, heading up towards that respective race, especially coming off the race at the Red Bull Ring, where, mind you, it was a track expected to be full of rhythm flow, and in turn, full of wild moments. In turn, though, in terms of that respective round referred to Jordan Caruso picking up the victory in the sprint race over Diego Pinto, but it was a rookie, Gustavo Ariel, who picked up the win after a spirited battle between Pinto and Alejandro Sanchez that ended up seeing a wild conclusion to that respective race that gave the rookie his first W with three laps led by just 0.9 seconds over Sanchez. It was a absolute barn burner of a race. These two drivers battling it out to the absolute finish, especially for Sanchez, who led a lead lap of 10 laps. And, of course, Jamie Fluke, who finished fifth, picking up seven laps led during the event. So very critical points gain. And how about Diego Pinto still getting the most points and maximum points out of the event with 62 compared to Ariel and Sanchez, who still get tied amount of points after their race this past weekend at the Red Bull Ring. And that's a major thing to mention here because Jordan Caruso did very well, mind you, outside of what happened in the feature because he was in an incident. However, it was Charlie Collins because of the issues in both of the events, Taylor, that now fell in the back foot with that situation with the championship. And now it allows Pinto to possibly jump up to second, depending on how things fare out at that Watkins Glen race. All mind you, because Collins had a penalty, a time penalty, should say Taylor. And as you may know, if you get a time penalty, say, on the last lap or an instant point penalty, you don't serve that penalty. You have to essentially drop to the end of the lead lap in terms of the time penalty given by the sim. That put him to 25th place and put him on the back foot for the rest of the round. An absolute difference maker in why even with the crash referred to in the feature for Caruso, Caruso still has the advantage of nearly 30 points. Absolutely is critical, and that's going to cost him very dearly in the championship hunt for him. So Diego Pinto looking very confident with how he's turning out to be in the championship after this race at the Red Bull Ring. But of course, we're heading to another track that's going to be very difficult, very high speed action, I would have to say, when we head to Watkins Glen. 
and I talked about this with Bobby Zelensky a little bit. He was pretty excited about it because it, of how it would be without the boot. Or rather, not the boot, the bus stop heading to the boot is the other way to phrase it. So that, in turn, could lead to some wild moves down the straight lines in towards said boot on some of the sends, to say the very least, Taylor. It will be very interesting, I have to say. A lot of drivers like to try to send it in through there in the boot. A lot of chaos could have come into play for that event. So we'll have to see. Of course, the action kicks off on Saturday, April the 8th, starting at 12.15 Eastern Time. And of course, all the action will really get to kick off with the All-Star Race kicking off first, and then the pros go battle at it out at Watkins Glen. Other news, though, in the world of iRacing, we, of course, have to talk about is the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series, which heads off to Bristol this coming week. And not on the dirt, mind you, on the pavement, because it's still in round one, so no dirt action, per se, in the first round. Set the Merchant leading the way in the point standings. We've talked about a lot how he's done so far. High expectations, though, when it comes to the racetrack, to say the very least especially when it comes to how the short track racers are going to do and how many short track racers coming from that background, should say, Taylor, have showed strong performances this year in the stock cars after, in some of the cases, taking a long while to convince themselves in the conversation or rather their respective teams on the sides, others years of building to be able to prove they can run at this top level. It really is going to be interesting to see who's going to be able to come out on top at Bristol. Everyone's going to be looking at drivers such as Seth Merchant, Michael Frisch, Logan Helton, Andrew Navarro, and Kenny Brady are probably going to be two that I will be working through or watching as far as seeing who has the best run. Briar LaPrade is someone who also to keep an eye on. Daniel Botafuco is always going to be a challenger as well. Yeah, I think you can throw into the mix as well for some of the error splits. Drivers that really need something to prove, I think you could throw into the mix drivers. Honestly, based on what's seen throughout the campaign, you can throw some of the drivers towards the lower side, maybe. Like a Chris Pfeffer or Brandon Hayes Cattell, I'm surprised, hasn't been able to break through yet in his respective splits. They're just on the cusp of the top 70, mind you. And amongst those, I think we may see do well. Blake Near, I would put in that conversation. A couple of different drivers, to say the very least. Curious one I've noticed in 23rd. I will say, Lane Graves, I think, has come up like a shooting star here. One of the 5,600 I-rating drivers, and one of the newer I-racing drivers for the I-racing service from the state of Kansas, has quietly picked himself up to the standings to be in the conversation here because he's been very consistent in the RTP races and been in the higher splits, still scoring solid points when he's raced well. Well, if you think about it, Lane Graves was leading the point standings at the ver after for week one at Daytona, picking up the win there. So he definitely has a little bit of help on his side to be able to do such of these things and stay within that top 70. Yeah, an intriguing driver. Let's put it that way when it comes to Lane Graves. For reference, the driver we're referring to is amongst those who works with Nexus Esports, who, as we know, Taylor, is on the rebound with some of the shuffling with some of their drivers going to Alta Sports in the past year or two, and they took on a lot of young talent. Lane Graves is leading that charge. He certainly is, and we'll see how they do. You can catch all the action, of course, on Thursday, April the 6th, or, or you can actually go back and watch these races on their social media platforms, such as on FTF Broadcasting, Maconi Entertainment, and more. Well, 
Justin, there is a couple of other things happening in the world of iRacing. Qualifying series for the World of Outlaws Butt Kicker Late Model Series powered by iRacing is about to kick off for six events starting on May the 1st. That's going to be exciting to say the very least. What's coming up in the next month, to so, so to speak, Taylor? It really is. They're going to be heading to Lincoln Speedway on May 1st, Volusia on May the 8th, Port Royal Speedway, Cedar Lake, Lucas Oil, and then June the 5th, they will wrap it up at the dirt track of at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Before the official season for the World of Outlaws Butt Kicker Late Model Pro Series heads to Volusia Speedway Park on July the 10th for a very tenuous 10-race championship from July the 10th to September the 14th. 50 laps, we're going to see at least 40 of the best dirt late model drivers do battle here, and it's going to be an exciting one. Of course, catch the action on both iRacing and on Dirt Vision to see these drivers battle it out for the chance of dirt racing glory. In other news in the world of iRacing official events, the 2023 iRacing Nürburgring Endurance Championship kicks off this coming weekend. Each of these races are anywhere between four to six hours in length, utilizing the Nürburgring VLN circuit, and of course utilizing GT3 cars, GT4 cars, GT3 cups, touring cars, and the Toyota GR86. And keep in mind, the sim racing scene in Germany is very, very competitive right now in terms of multiple teams located in that respective grouping. But also, with the series you're talking about, a lot of the top teams compete, in some cases, solely in that respective series and specialize on the racetrack because of, well, the Real World Championships involving straight-up Nürburgring and some of the Air German circuits. And that's the prime one on the schedules on the iRacing platform. So I think it's a very competitive championship. The way I'm meaning in that is, it's not as simple as the same driver wins every single time. I'm talking about because of the different lengths you have in that championship referred to, despite the conditions as well, the different ports of the layouts, you could utilize a couple of the different chances in Nürburgring. There are multiple different ways those rounds can go, and in turn, it's intriguing how the progression goes throughout the season of which teams find which bits of speed they've been able that they've been able to pick up compared to their competitors. It really is something exciting to see, and of course, you can catch all the action on some of the official iRacing channels on that broadcast this event, so stay tuned for more. Keep an eye out on any of the YouTube or Twitch channels to see who will be able to come out on top to survive the first round at the Green Hell. Well, Justin, we are going to take a quick commercial break, but coming up, we have four, count them, four special guests joining us. Justin, go ahead and tell us who those guests are. Those will be Towerhead, Philip Snipes, Christian Bunn, and Alex Bates. Some of the main portions, some of the main portions and organizers amongst the Winstell Racing League's Gen 4 series that's mimicking the 2003 season of the NASCAR Cup Series, as it's now called. Many of those respective names are part of the administration core, including some of those in the top 10 of the point standings, Taylor. And we'll be right back to speak with those here on the iRacers download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Joseph Bridge, Taylor Burris, our producer Richard Colbreth with us as we turn things over to a different kind of action. We talked about a few weeks ago about the Gen 4 cars and their new breath of life given with the updated speed package of the NASC on the iRacing platform. Originally by accident, one of the series that originally started, however, 
just last year with the original Arkham Menard Speed Package was Winstill, a long-time series that has been racing in a variety of different circuits since 2016, before moving to the Gen 4 Challenge last campaign. Some of the names competing in the series in the past couple seasons include Zach Campbell, Brandon McKissick, Graham Bolin, Jose Solis Jr., and several other major contenders who have been seen at the highest levels of a NASCAR and Porsche Takeover Esports Super Cup competition. The 2023 campaign also just so in fact coincided with the 2003 release of NASCAR Racing 2003 season. Winstel this season replicating the 2003 campaign and right now is in the midst of their spring break before returning back to action next week at Texas Motor Speedway, the legacy version. With us now on the iRacers download or for the admins as part of that group, Christian Bud, one of the top drivers in the series, representing Matt Kenseth, Alex Bates, the admins who has been showing splashes of speed this year. Also joining us, Tower Head, who has been the points leader as Fred Jones several times throughout the campaign, and Philip Snipes representing Kurt Busch, who is Philip Snipes. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us once again. Christian, first things first, thank you so much for the opportunity. How are things looking so far in the only going five races in? Man, I've been really, really happy with everything that's happened this year. Um, you know, when we put together the 2006 season last uh, year, it was, it was, it came together really fast. And um, we didn't, we didn't have as much time as we wanted to plan it. You know, and, and we really had to, a lot more time this year to, to really button things down and get things really how we wanted. Um, and uh, I've been really happy with the way everything's gone so far. Um, really feel like we got a gift here with uh, with the Gen 4 getting the update the way it did. Um, that was certainly unexpected. And, you know, we'd been doing the best we could with, with the ARCA car uh, to make it handle, you know, loose and, and make it a fun experience. But uh, getting the horsepower back has, has been really a game changer to all of us. And Alex, that demand has been extremely strong. In fact, reaching just about the top of the registration was believe in the past couple of weeks since the Gen 4's return to the higher horsepower package seen prior to its switch over to the Arc Menards car. How was that reaction in terms of that, ex not just interest, but also the amount of talent now shedding into the series including coke drivers current and active yeah i mean we had you know quite a few guys who were were coke uh either coke uh you know material or or were in the coke series before but certainly once you got the horsepower back um you know everybody just starts flooding in because you know that's what i mean it's no secret you know it's something that that was happening on the iRacing forums people were asking for this they wanted this car um, and, and once it shows up, you know, everybody's just cloud nine. Indeed. And the racing so far has been exciting to say the very least amongst the races, five different winners in five races, Jose Solis Jr., Zach Campbell, Graham Bowen, Brandon McKissick, and Tyler Head. And that part, I will say, as par full disclosure, do the lead announcing with FTF for Winstell action for the 2003 season, had missed the Rockingham race due to a re-rule commitment with the OCAA Men's Basketball Championships. I come back the next week, and my shock is, Tyler, you were the points leader for several weeks. Um, a strong campaign and a quick turnaround. What changed compared to last year? Um, I, I think that uh, I really just 
ran a clean race. I uh, knew what I needed to do strategy wise and uh, really, really benefited from a, a misstep from a couple other competitors. Cause as, as you've been talking about the talent uh, that we have already had uh, enjoyed prior to the horsepower coming back, let alone after um, is really high. And it's very, you know, it's, it's very tasking to scratch and claw out a top 10 or a top five, much less a win. So um I really look at my win as a very nice flash in the pan fluke uh, that I'm happy about because we got to put Fred Jones in victory lane with that nice iconic NASCAR racing 2003 season car. And uh, you know, there's, there's part of me that thinks that uh, the return of the horsepower might've been an answer to that travesty, somebody like me being able to beat everybody that should not have been beaten by me at Rockingham. So uh, if, you know, Obviously, I'm joking, but, you know, if we were to pretend that that was the case, I'm happy to take the credit for breaking everything and making them release high horsepower so that the truly talented people go back to winning as they should be. Yeah, the Rock Rockingham can be unpredictable at times. Philip Snipes, how would you describe the feel in your respect to the car running top 20 points for reference? Uh, so far, it's been if I've not been caught up in other people's mistakes, it's usually a top 15, top 10 run. Uh, Atlanta, Bristol, Daytona, just not been able to get out of other people's mistakes and been able to like manage my season. And at least I'm still top 35 and advancing the, I'm locked in every week. The thing when it comes to Winstell competition too, Christian, very tight knit the community because whenever I look towards the discord, even just on, a normal evening you can have up to 20 fellow competitors just in your lounge just chilling some of them watching the nascar races before going to, into the winstell action mind you all having viewing parties how would you describe that tight knit community from the inside um i mean honestly this group has been together for you know this is really better question for for tyler or alex i think because they've been here a little longer than i have even but uh Tyler, how long has everybody been around Winstell? Well, Winstell is since 2016, as uh, was mentioned off the top, but our roots go back to, you know, racing in NR2003, uh, way back in 2009. Uh, Brendan McGee, who's really spearheaded the Winstell effort, um, he and I were racing together in an old league back in 2009. So uh, it, it's 14 years for the longest tenured folks. long time together to say the very least alex what would you say about how that community is in terms of depths in terms of how tight-knit it is and also how committed it is even to building the setups together as many as 10 15 at sometimes testing together to make sure everyone has a strong fixed setup for the race yeah we just we really have a great group that races with us and as tyler mentioned he and i you know i, I started racing with brennan and tyler back in 2010 so you know we've got part of the group that's been around for over a decade and we've got others that have joined us along the way so it's we have emily howe that does a lot of help with our setup building to get the product we desire for sundays and just a lot of guys that just enjoy racing together that'll hop in and test and give us feedback to try and help that effort and in turn we've seen that partnership blossom to several other special events the ea, EA how 500 for example tyler yeah, and you know the EA How 500 stands out from last summer. Um, the Winstell 400, which 
which has been an ongoing event for the last 10 years at this point. Um, you know, and, and that's all born out of, as Bates was saying, you know, whether it's somebody like Brennan, who's been around for 14 years, Bates, who's been around for 13, but who's been around for the last several years, or somebody who's just showing up and discovering Winstell and choosing to participate with us, say, for this 2003 season, um, everything that we do is fueled by our shared passion for, you know, auto racing in general and specifically um, a, a particular flavor of sim racing that really challenges the driver and pushes the limits of what they can do. Um, we We really strive to have events that make it so that the drivers need to be on their A game to be able to succeed. Um, frankly, the, the setups sometimes are very punishing of mistakes and that's not by accident. Um, there's, there's a lot of racing that's available to you uh, on this service. And a lot of, a lot of us that happen to race in Winstell feel like it, it really stresses the same skill sets that, you know, can be fun for sure. But there, there's another set of skills, you know, specifically throttle control, ma maintaining a, a loose condition and, you know, being able to optimize the speed of that. That's something that we've been emphasizing the entire time that Winstell has been active. And it's something that we carry over through each of the, the races that we host, uh, whether it's for the series or one of those special events, you know, trying to give drivers a different feel and challenge than what they ordinarily find on the service. And it's certainly not for everybody, but for the people that we've uh, attracted, especially now with the power returning to the Gen 4 car, uh, it, it's definitely uh, appreciated uh, by and large by the people that we have participating with us. Turning towards how things have gone this season, about half the races with the old package, about half with the new package now. James Holtzer, the points leader in a full season championship with a few drop rounds, mind you, for the campaign. Nicholas Doucet charging up from the mid-pack in the points, back up to second, 282 laps total turn, but in turn, just nine points back of the championship. Gabriel Mauricio, Jose Celis Jr., Dylan Roberts, Tyler Head, Brent McGee, Zach Campbell, Christian Budd, and Graham Bull in the top 10. And the intriguing part in all this, too, as we've touched upon, you represent Matt Kenseth as the paint scheme. Christian, you were amongst those leading the way in terms of some of the paint schemes to develop them to make sure Every driver had a full set of the alternates and the main paint schemes of anyone who attempted a race. Is that correct? Yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, like I said, your we, we got a um, we got an early start on it this time around. Uh, I think by end of April, we had taken the vote and everybody had said, hey, we want to do 2003. And so we all started, you know, working toward that. And I kind of had this idea of like, man, it would be great not just to have just the primaries, but a bunch of these secondaries because secondaries, you know, they, they don't get painted a whole lot necessarily. And it's fun to it's fun to see the different ones, you know, and I, I think if people who are tuning into the broadcast and watching this are going to be noticing, hey, that that car, I remember that car, that car ran that one race and, and you get to see it. And we've been, you know, we really tried to do it unfortunately what did happen is if you remember not only did the arca car get a horsepower update you know in this latest uh round of updates but they changed the whole body of that car and that happened yeah. in the middle of that 2006 season so all of a sudden all those paints that we had made for this coming season were were basically had to be redone plus the 2006 season have to be redone 
So my my dream of having all of them, it probably isn't going to happen. There's still another 125 of those to go, <laughs> but we got a lot of them. And uh, it's been really fun to see everybody. Uh, and and I, I can't take certainly all the credit because Tyler painted a bunch of those paints. Um, and then a bunch of the other community members have been helping out with that. Uh, but it's been really fun. I, I'm not really, uh, you know, I wasn't like a painter, you know, I, I didn't really do a bunch of that prior, but uh, kind of, kind of figured it out. It was trial by fire and I really had a lot of passion to make them look good. I wanted it to look really good on the broadcast and I think it does. Tower, your point to add to that? Yeah, I'll just add that, you know, the, the paint schemes look spectacular. I mean, it, it really feels like a, a blast from the past watching uh, these races on FTF.GG. And and to that end, I got to give the credit to not only you um, commentating it and, you know, highlighting what we're doing with the theming that we have for these series, but especially Zach Johnson producing those broadcasts for FTF.GG um, and and everything that he does with the, the ticker and, you know, the graphic overlays that go on onto it that make it feel like you're watching something from the era of 2003. Um, it, it all just comes together to make it a very immersive experience. So, you know, w when we look at the, the viewership, it, it's pretty clear that not only do we have our people who are going to go back and look to see how they looked on the broadcast who were participating, but we even have people who are choosing to tune in. And I think that's a credit to not only the racing, but the the very judicious theming that's been done and spearheaded in large part by uh, Christian Bud here um, to really organize that and, and make it very coherent and, uh, you know, complete uh as a package for each week uh, it, it's fantastic and he, he gave me a little bit of credit for tossing a couple of paint schemes together but really there's a lot of credit to go around as he said to community members who've pitched in with templates and uh putting together paint schemes and you know zach johnson putting together those templates for the uh the broadcast and you know everybody choosing to participate and being very, very methodical and making sure that they're in the right cars and the right paint schemes, you know, it all comes together to make a complete package. And uh, it's it's a great thing to be a part of. And in turn, we talked a little bit in terms of how things are faring out of the championship. The separation of the top 10 points, mind you, is still fairly tight early on, about 108 points back to Graham Bowen, who, mind you, was one of those drivers who had to come from the knockout qualifying from missing the start not just missing the start but also being outside the top grouping in points from the 2006 campaign christian how would you describe that championship fight in your opinion so far and how it's played out mind you the top three in points are yet to break into victory lane yeah i mean we knew when we went to the full season championship as opposed to having the chase like we did last year that um you know points points are going to matter you know making the races matters uh, finishing well in every race matters. Um, and I think you're really seeing, you know, what you're going to see this season is the consistency is going to be the big thing, you know, knocking out those top fives every week. Those are the going to be the guys who have the best chance at the championship. Um, you know, I, I think again, the competition is, is really stout. Uh, these races are pretty short. You know, we, we try and fit them in that hour window so you don't have a lot of time to come back. If you do make a mistake, uh, it can be, it can be pretty hard to recover from it. So uh, pit road is important. Um, you know, so to, to win one of these is really very rewarding, I think. Um, and I think guys, you know, they want to win, 
but if they're looking at that championship, they got to be thinking points all the time. The next race, mind you, on the schedule is not the current version of Texas, the legacy version of Texas. Motor Speedway, 55 laps fought by the Virginia 500 Martinsville Speedway Auto Club for 45 laps. The Coke 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the legacy version, and Michigan before reaching the early summer break. In terms of your thoughts on that, Alex, that's a busy stretch. A lot of ovals, but not quite the same. In fact, none the exact shape or banking outside of maybe you could argue Texas and Charlotte. No, I think I think we've got a great stretch of races coming up. It's uh, a lot of tracks that you would expect will really show the racing that this car is going to be capable of. And a uh, little little bonus for this Sunday in the in the build notes, we've got we've got surface updates in Texas, so that should open up some of those higher lanes and kind of hopefully to a degree see what we had at Atlanta in the last race. So really excited for this stretch of races coming up. It is something to touch upon since there was a season patch released in regards to April the 6th that does try and improve those grooves for multi-groove racing, improved multi-groove racing specifically from the patches. A couple other vehicle dynamics were adjusted. The Gen 4 Cup cars also got the dreaded auto fuel switch. That's going to be fun, Philip. Oh, yeah, that thing was a whole problem in Atlanta with people just pitting and not realizing it was on and then it was not filling up them all the way. So people were saving under the last caution just because they like couldn't make it unless they massive saved. And it's a good thing that they were able to turn that off now. So either way on that mark, next race, April 16th, Texas Motor Speedway, 55 laps. Again, catch that on FTFGG to be able to keep an eye on the action. Those races, Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time, the start of coverage there so in closing looking towards the future tyler of course lots of race to go for the season what else is looking towards the future for winsdale well I'll, I'll say that you know you mentioned the big events that we like to host um the winsdale 400 uh planning is going to be just around the corner for us uh, from an administrative standpoint um getting together with uh some folks that you know play a part in helping us put that thing together, you know, a big event with free entries and uh, a decent amount of cash on the line for everybody that's participating. Really. I, I call it our love letter to sim racing, the Winstell 400 and uh, you know, conversations about, Hey, what will next year look like for our, uh, our gen four series? Uh, those conversations are already underway. Um, my expectation would be that we're going to, put some options out to our community of drivers to say, okay, of these, which would you most like to do? Um, and, and we'll go from there. But uh, first and foremost, uh, we've got 18, 19, 20 or so races uh, left to go in this season. And uh, you've been talking about how competitive it is and, you know, how tight the battle is between those in the top 10 at the moment and the top three haven't won a race yet, but are, you know, consistently finishing well and that they're benefiting from that right now. Um, but hit the nail on the head. We've, we've got a lot of opportunity to get points and a lot of opportunity to, to lose them with a, a simple mistake anywhere in these short races. And uh, it's really hard to recover from them. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch over the course of this season to see who maximizes their good days and minimizes the damage from the bad days. 
Um, and at the end of the year, we're going to have a very worthy champion, I would say, with all 24 races having played a part in uh, getting them to that point. Should be a fun championship to be able to keep an eye on once again, especially for those watching as well as those intrigued on racing in those said cars. And just to confirm, I believe it was close to the cap, Christian, the last time checked. Is it at the cap for registry or close to it still? Yeah, we did cap it off. Um, you know, there's there is the potential that we could open that up down the road. That's always a discussion that we'll have um, among the admin team. You know, we we kind of go back and forth. We don't want to flood flood the field exactly, um, but you know, we will have people who, for whatever reason, schedules change and and can't make the races anymore. And and so, if you're interested in joining Winstell and and you're listening to this and you're looking for a, a shot in. You know, just just join the Discord and and keep an eye open because when that does open up, you know it's the time to get in. Um, and I will say this, you know, we've got the top thirty five that we lock in, but um, you know, guys can qualify in. There's always a minimum of eight spots to to make their way into the field, um, and usually a couple more when a couple of the top thirty fives can't make it for whatever reason. And so it's a good opportunity to get into these races. Um, we like having new people, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's an old group and a lot of guys who've been around for a long time, but at the same time, we always like seeing these, these fresh faces come in and we've got quite a few of them this year, uh, who, who are fresh and, and new to the league and seem to be really enjoying it. And I like, love it, seeing them come around and then participating and everything. It's, it's a lot of fun. So once again, where can fans find the discord and follow along with the action in turn? Uh, well, so we've got a Facebook uh, page that you can get to, uh, Winstow Racing there. Um, you can check it out on the forums. We try and keep that updated in the private league forum, updating the league and everything. Uh, that's always a good spot to get the Discord link. Um, try to think if there's anywhere else there, Tyler, any uh, off the top of your head. You can follow the races on ftf.gg. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the Facebook, group, Facebook group is uh, Winstow Racing Series. And thank you so much for the time, all of you. Once again, Christian, Alex, Tyler, Philip, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for the spotlight. Thank you. Once again, Alex Bates, Christian Bud, Philip Snipes, Tyler Head joining us from Winstell Racing. Currently running the 2003 season of their Winstell competition with the Gen 4 cars. With that, it's a good transition over to discussing the updates because... One of those was touched upon by those in the midst of that discussion, some adjustments to the damage model in respect to the body parts, but more so the auto fuel system. It's worth noting, Taylor, a significant update to that released earlier on April the 6th. They had to and have now adjusted, should say, the auto fuel lap margin to plus or minus 10. It was originally plus or minus one by default. Remember, auto check by default in several of the different cars. That being, along with the Legacy Texas update, the significant quick updates entering this upcoming week of Fry Racing Action Taylor. Yeah, the auto fuel is definitely one that takes some getting used to, I have to say, with some of these drivers who are trying to get in here. It's a good opportunity to utilize, but still, Glad Eye Racing was able to work out some of the kinks in order to better improve upon the auto fuel suggestion if drivers choose to utilize that. But I think the biggest one that we have to talk about, though, Justin, is some of the new photos that iRacing released 
around April Fool's from the last time we were on the IRD, we saw some uh, very good rain photos released. Very good rain photos. Very fiddling in Detroit. I think they unintentionally may or may not decided the weather to be exactly the weather tailor of the day. Because for full disclosure, I'm from Windsor, Detroit area. The weather conditions that they had shared a week prior just so happened to be how the weather conditions turned out that day <laughs> to near identical the time of the screenshot after the minutes after the screenshot. I I don't know if I racing planned that had something involving some of the weather systems that they haven't shared yet involving that or pure accident. I'm leaning towards pure accident in all seriousness. But I'm telling you, it was near identical in terms of how the weather conditions were in that screenshot to uh, about four o'clock that day. Well, in the famous words of iRacing, hashtag soon, we'll learn more information regarding that uh, special request that we've been begging for for how many years now? About, about Since the beginning, five, yeah. <laughs> Since the beginning of time of iRacing. But in but with that, we look forward with anticipation to this exciting moment. Let's go over some of the uh, leagues that we partnered with here in the world of iRacing. Of course, the PRL series, they were just having a great run this past week. And in the championship for the PRL Cup Series, it is Pat Harvey who leads the championship by a few points, a little just under 10 points ahead of James O'Brien, Abner Acosta, and defending series champion Trent Dinkle, and Jose Acosta rounding out your top five in that championship for the PRL Cup Series. It's been intriguing how things have played out there. Don't forget as well, on the Mondays, you have the production card challenge in the respective series on that side as well. Production card challenge side for reference, Kevin San Diego. Where in the world has he been? The top of the pylon. He picked up a victory to tie with the points with Roman Baikov. Those drivers so far keeping up a tight fight battle in the MX-5s. Michael Lane, along with Eric Harmon, 1-2 in the GR86 is 16 points the difference. Jeff T. Evans also in the conversation for Whataback Overdrive, Whataback Racing Overdrive 2-3 battle. And keep in mind, that's amidst that doubleheader with the GT4 Sprint Series that's also put on some strong racing Throughout the campaign, Taylor, for reference, we've seen some pretty busy battling when it came to Monday. That including drivers such as Beckham, Jasir, putting on a, how about a dominating performance near max points day yet again. 55 points back-to-back -back rounds for Race Factory's driver. Two drivers separated by 17 points, then another 30 back to Miles Brown. Nicholas Race Pudo keeping Jasir close, but Miles Brown already 46 back in the title fight. It's incredible of how consistent and very tight-knit this championship battle will be as they progress further and further into this championship. There are only three races in. Still a lot of racing left to go in this 10-round championship. A couple of other notable series as well. The PRL Truck Series. It is Brett Karakoff who leads in the Ben Regan Bouge Motorsports Ford F-150. And then, of course, in a couple of other, the Xfinity Series Championship. They're already having a good season so far. In fact, one of our close friends, Terry Radford, racing over there with What About Racing. And it is Richard Reagan Jr. who is leading the championship in the Xfinity Series. Reagan Jr. indeed, and he is somebody, full disclosure, we have been teammates with in the past, Taylor. It was about three, four years ago, but we both know he's been one of the top drivers in the history of the PRL outside of 
of a couple drivers you can throw in there, Bradley Holly in particular on the stock car side, where he went on a dominant stretch for three for two to three years in PRL Cup competition. Now in the Xfinity Series side, starting to pick things up, he shuffled a few different organizations, of course, over the past couple of years. But it's again, not a surprise to see Richard Regan Jr. doing well in PRL stock car competitions. It really is. And from one championship, we move on to the Lionheart Racing Series with the Butt Kicker Sports Car Championship. They just kicked off their first race of the season at Sebring, and it was the Hydro Race Geodesic BMW of Austin Young who took home the checkered flag at the season opener. Dominant ran, dominating run, to say the very least, in the series, partnered with the BMW Performance Driving School. Austin Young, 51 laps led in the race. Right from the start was dominant, fastest lap of the race, fastest qualifying lap. It was difficult to touch him, to say the very least. Even for drivers such as race coaches, Marius Berliokas, who was in that second spot. Flynn Lazier, burning Penguin RC simulations, one of the drivers with connections to sim car competition, mind you, and drivers like Blake Reynolds in that organization, showing they can also perform in series such as this one outside the sim car banner. Adam Blanker showing diversity in fourth for Power Slide and Hydro Race Geodesic Racing. John Pettifer inside the top five. I will say when it comes to the other side of the card, though, John Campbell was dominant at GT3 Pro. How dominant? He finished in front of two prototypes in that race who had struggles in Phil Krause and Mike Rasmus. Campbell with a massive buffer over Josh Chin in that race to the point where the fastest lap was one second quicker than Josh Chin, who finished second in the class. Yeah, it just shows how competitive this championship will be. And then in the GT3 AM category, it was Twisted Racing Team's very own Chase Wilson, who took home the win in the amateur categories. A couple of other notable moments, of course, in the Lionheart Racing Series, as we double-check a couple of other notable moments here for their open-wheel series. They have just also finished up their third round. Jason Brophy taking home the checkered flag at Pocono. And that race, once again, when it comes to Pocono, one of the triple crown events in their open wheel competitions of note, Brophy always has been very quick. That's the thing. Brophy has also, despite being very quick on ovals, and as we know, also an oval specialist with his work with Michael Conti over the years, has had some tough moments to be able to break through. Big for him to win the triple crown race from the pole, mind you, and pick it up in a photo finish hour over Alexander Van Descent. 0.005 seconds between the two most dominant drivers of the race. It just really shows that that series still is one of the most competitive open wheels championships in all of iRacing competition. But with that, Justin, it is time that we come to a close. We have to thank our entire guests, group of guests from the Winsdale Cup Series, and we look forward to having some more exciting guests coming up next week as in the world of iRacing. Should be a busy time, to say the very least, especially with some of the world championships getting rolling through with discussions when it comes to the road to pro ladder and with the dirt season slowly but surely closing on in. But on that note, I thank everyone for tuning in for this week's edition of the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. For Taylor Burks, for Richard Colbreth, I'm Justin Prince, saying so long. Enjoy the rest of your morning, day, or evening. You've been listening to the iRacers Download.